Hello everyone and welcome back to Kids Under Construction. I'm Donna Tatro. As we continue to adjust to our new normal under COVID-19 guidelines, it seems every day there's more news to understand, more news to incorporate into our daily lives, and all of us in the same boat just trying to figure it out. Journalists around the country are working to give us the facts and everyday solutions but everything continues to evolve, sometimes hour by hour. I am so excited to have my guest with me today. Tara Feinstone is Vice President and News Director of CBS2 and KCAL9, the CBS-owned stations in Los Angeles. She oversees one of the largest local broadcast and digital news departments in the country. The stations produce more than 80 hours of local news a week. Feinstone is a veteran journalist with 20 years of local and national news experience and the last 15 in LA. She is a four-time Emmy Award winner. In 2011, she was named Television Journalist of the Year. She is a wife and mom to three sons. Tara, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you. We are former colleagues at KMBC. We are. I know. It's so nice to see you. It's it's well. Last time we saw each other was on the baseball field. So we, we did. I mean, we hadn't seen each other in a while, but we we have boys. I have two boys. You have three boys, and our boys love baseball. They do, <laughs> and we're baseball moms. <laughs> we sure are. And we saw each other. That was like some tournament. It was freezing. Yeah, it was Santa Clarita. So, <laughs> and that was so random when I was walking in, and you were like going to the car first. I was like Donna, when <laughs> <laughs> we could hug. Back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, back in the day when we could give hugs. And we were freezing. We had blankets. I mean, it's just the life of baseball moms. Yeah, yeah. Are your boys missing baseball a lot? Uh, yeah. So my um, oldest does not play, um, but my middle um, son and my youngest son play. And my middle son is like your son on a competitive travel ball team. So um, it's been really hard because he's my he's my like my true athlete as a basketball player too. So they're finding activities in this it's been tough. Honestly, it's been tough because he wants to play sports, you know? So of course it's tough for all of them. I mean, it really, really is. Now when we were at KNBC, I mean, we worked there for years. You were an executive producer. I was a reporter out on the streets covering fires and disasters and murders and doing the whole thing. And we were trying to become moms at the time too. We were. And the, and the struggle was real for both of us. Um, I think you introduced me to um, Dr. Hal Dancer. So over in Beverly Hills. And so um, kind of weirdly, we both got pregnant by the same man in a way. (laughs) That's exactly right. And he is an angel. He is. He's an amazing man and an amazing doctor. So he really, really is. Yeah. Um, It was, it was a struggle, but that's kind of where we got to know each other. And we were kind of down in the dirty in the streets and covering local news. And now look where you are, Tara, you are leading a huge team in this pandemic. I mean, you've been leading this team for a while, but let's talk about what your life is like right now. A month ago, how was it? And where are we now? So what is it? It's a it's been a little over a month since really kind of the, the crisis started for Southern California. Um, I would say a month ago, I was in the midst of trying to figure out how to get, you know, 180 plus people 
out of the building at, from the CBS Broadcast Center to work home. Now we have just like a handful of people working in the broadcast center are essential, essential workers. So um, the last month has been um, filled with, um, for me personally, uh, a lot of pride with my team, right? Just seeing how everyone stepped up. Um, I never thought that in a million years, I would have 96% of my staff working at home, especially when you think about what local news is and the operations that we have and the technology that we have. And we're all centered within the newsroom. The newsroom is the heart of our, our, um, our company really like for CBS Los Angeles. Um, and so to have everyone in a pandemic and my responsibility was to make sure the safety of everyone was the utmost priority and to how to get people to work from home. Um, our entire industry has changed in a month. So it's really profound. I think we accelerated, you know, what probably would have took 10 years in a normal situation, yeah. you know? Yeah. So talk about how it is day to day where you are right now, because you, in my opinion, and uh, you know, the bottom line is you are essential workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. When this first started, um, I told my staff that we're first responders because everyone was scared, you know, and and I had to rally everyone. That was part of my job to be um, the cheerleader in chief, you know, to people were scared. People, I mean, at that point, um, you know, sending someone out on the street to go gather news and having this invisible, you know, virus threat. Um, and so much at that point kind of was unknown. I mean, still there's a lot of unknowns, but at that point when it first was like, you gotta, you gotta stay from home. You can't get to self-isolate, you know, um, that was scary for a lot of us, um, because our job requires us to go out and cover the news. Um, so we, over the last month have really changed the way we report, we, um, and gather news. Um, it's one thing to be in the building and working, but it's another thing to be a reporter and a photographer who are going out on the street, right? And meeting people. So um, we immediately put into action safety guidelines and they've evolved over the last four weeks for sure, as the health department and city and state leaders changed their mandates, we had to internally change, you know, our safety standards. Um, our reporters now are wearing masks 24 seven when they're out in public. Um, they, um, majority of their interviews, we've required them to do via Zoom or um, FaceTime or Skype. Um, we have them working separately, the photographers and the reporters. Um, they're not in the same trucks anymore. Reporters are driving their own cars, um, meeting, or the photographer goes out and just gathers whatever video that he or she needs, and then they'll send it to the reporter. The reporters have setups at home now. It's pretty amazing how they all just really stepped up too, because they all wanted, you know, to make sure that they were personally um, advocating for their own safety, which means that they they had to change the way they work too. So it's been a process, you know, for sure. Um, but you know, throughout this whole. Um, crisis and we're only four weeks into it, five weeks into it, you know, my managers and I 
everything we, we do is based on making sure that our team is safe. And that is, that's brand new. I mean, like that was like, you know, if you would ask me, you know, two months ago, would I be answering questions about, you know, the physical safety of the health and safety of our employees? Um, I never would have imagined, you know, what has happened. And how do you get that information and how are you then disseminating it? Are you on calls with your team? Are you Zooming? Are you emailing? How are you managing this? You know, I, for the first four weeks, I sent out a daily email and um, I always call it just informational notes. And I would hear back from people, um, my employees, so many employees saying these are inspirational notes too. And I didn't really think, think that way. I just thought my intention, I set attentions every day. I set my intention. My intention is just to inform and do good by my employees right now. Um, but I send notes. We have editorial meetings, 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. The entire station is invited to our Zoom meetings. And it's a way just to connect. And I encourage people to join one of these meetings. So just so can they can see, you know, your colleague who used to sit next to would drive you crazy. But now you're just going to get them for like, you know, 20 minutes. Throughout the day, I have... Um, I feel like my days are Zoom. That's it. That's all I do is Zoom. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm at least like back. I mean, like even when we were setting up this interview, it was like, okay, I have this amount of time and I have to do more. Um, but it's just, I found, I have found that in a lot of ways, our communication is better now because we're forced kind of to be present. We're forced to have that communication. We have, you know, Slack set up which is, you know, I don't know if you know what Slack is, but Slack's a, a messaging system. Um, we have Microsoft Teams set up. E- emails we're trying to cut down on because it kind of gets lost, but we are constantly instant messaging. So it's almost it's almost like I'm in my office and just sending a quick top line to someone. And plus we, you know, we VPN, we remote in. So I have my remote desktop here too. So I do feel like I'm plugged in, but I'm in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> I have three children that continue to Zoom bomb, not on purpose, but, you know, meetings that I have. A quick funny story. I was on um, a Zoom with um, high-level people in the community that are community partners. And my oldest son just wakes up, and it was last week, and, and it was spring break, so we didn't have his schedule going. But um, he walks in just in his underwear. Hey, mom! You want? And I'm just like, oh my god! And everyone, everyone loves it because even like the big joke on our editorial meetings is like, okay, what's Leo gonna do today behind Tara? You know? And I'm always like, don't encourage it. Just ignore my background and focus, you know, on me. But it's you know, it's a learning curve. It's for all. Everyone's going through something, you know. I Everybody's just, going through yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you know, bringing up the kids and working from home. How have you managed it? And do you have any tips for working moms? I mean, look, you're high level working. So how are you managing it? Um, I would say day by day, minute by minute, because I don't, you know, I'm fortunate that my husband is a huge helper when it comes to the the boys, Um, but they still want mom. And now that mom's in the house, right, before I would just get a lot of phone calls, mom, mom. But now that I'm in the house, they instantly could come. And so I, it's harder to work from home for me. 
Um, I, I'm getting a lot done, but you know, when you're in your office at work, I don't have that distraction. That being said, I love being around them because part of my job is that I would be gone for 12 to 14 hours a day. So now I'm here and I feel like I'm part of their lives again, which is like pretty amazing, like a blessing in, you know, other than just being the night and the weekend. Right. Um, but there's not really any magic in this. Um, I have though with my husband, this, while we were over spring break, we really did create a schedule for them because at first it was just kind of free form. Um, I did tell their teachers though, and this made me feel better that my number one priority right now is just to keep them healthy and safe. That's my number one priority. And we will do the schoolwork. We will attempt. Um, but I'm not going to get upset if they miss an assignment. I'm not going to get upset if they miss a zoom. It's just not, it's not worth it for their mental and emotional, you know, state. And it's not worth it for mine because it's just not, you know, you have to like, figure out, set your own boundaries, what you can do. And then I, we feel good with that. Right. No. And I think, I think that's great advice for parents out there. We've been talking a lot about homeschooling and how that works and what that looks like. And it looks very different for every family. Mm -hmm. And I think really knowing what's important to your family and it depends on, you know, the access that kids have to education and to their teachers. And if you miss a Zoom meeting or you miss an assignment, it's really not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. Right. And, yeah. you know, if they do miss something, then you could help them self-advocate on how to, how to get it back. But it doesn't have to be this pressure cooker that I think a lot of working parents especially are feeling. So yeah. I definitely appreciate that outlook. It's really, really important for parents to know. You know, I wanted to talk to you about how your team is not only reporting the news, but helping the community. You have led an initiative to really help out people in Los Angeles. We have. So CBS KCAL has um, a long legacy of commitment to helping the community with community partnerships and um, promoting nonprofits. And in times of need, we have stepped up to raise money for people who are, you know, in need on um, this. We, we're, we're, we have a community relationship with the Los Angeles Unified School District. We do before the schools were closed. Um, we had a monthly student teacher of the month. So we had a close working relationship with them. Um, my colleague, um, Tony reached out to LUSD. We're in the middle. And this is pretty amazing in Tony. And this just speaks to the commitment to the community. Um, we're in the middle of crisis. We're trying to get people to work from home. We were producing the news uh, for network news because they were evacuated out of uh, the headquarters in New York. We were producing the news for WCBS, which is the largest CBS O&O on the East Coast because they were evacuated. So we're like in this crisis situation. My colleague, Tony, because of our commitment that we've always had to help during times of need, she realized that Los Angeles Unified had just launched um, a nonprofit foundation called LA Students Most in Need. She reached out and said, we want to do something. So once she got their attention, I reached out to Austin Butner, who's a superintendent 
of schools and it just kind of just came together. And within a week, we did a day long fundraiser for Los Angeles students um, who are um, below the poverty line. 80% of children in LA Unified, their families are below the poverty line. I don't think a lot of people realize that. No, they don't. Yeah. And so the, the school district continues to serve a half a million uh, meals a day to students and their families, not just students, they're, they're feeding the families. They're feeding um, homeless shelters that have popped up since the crisis started. So we did a day-long day fundraiser, um, got iHeartRadio involved, got the Los Angeles Chargers involved, CAA, Creative Artist Agency, got involved, and all these amazing celebrities, athletes, um, everyone came together. For this day-long fundraiser, um, which the money still is coming in, I think we've raised over $2 million already. Wow. Yeah. Day one was like $1.6 million. So it feels so good to be able to help in like a small way, right? And so CBS KCAL, because of our long commitment of community, um, I'm so proud that throughout this entire crisis, not only did we change the way we work, but we helped as well. So it's really beautiful, Tara. And it just goes to show that you are there for the community to inform, but you are really helping the community. And that has been something that KCBS has been known for for many, many years. That's that's just amazing work. I want to go now to how the press is under fire during this time, especially if you're looking at local, um, not local, but especially if you're looking at cable news and the politicizing of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it seems though with local news, you're really getting the facts and how to live better and healthier. What are you seeing, you know, as a former local news reporter myself, I have always seen it as an education, how to help the community like you talked about. But on the national level, cable news level, there's a lot of politics being played. Mm -hmm. We uh, stay away from that. You know, that's (laughs) not our arena. And I don't think, you know, just from a personal perspective, that really adds anything to really kind of like helping and informing right now. Um, so we carry, um, the presidential, um, news conferences, um, but, you know, we leave it to the people to make their own decision about how those play out. Right. Um, but what we, what we have a commitment to doing is, um, telling local stories to finding local resources to starting, we started new franchises, within the last three weeks too. We're doing a who's hiring twice a week segment because so many people have lost their jobs. We're doing mental health segments now. Um, We are um, doing a people making a difference segment that now is focusing on people helping during this crisis because there's so many, out of crisis comes really opportunity you know, for, you know, when you have challenges in your life, there's also the flip side there's opportunity. And so there's a, a, there's just a lot of really great things that my team is doing, you know, and other media outlets in town too, local news, you know, I mean, that's what we are supposed to do during times of need. We're supposed to inform. We're supposed to present facts. We're supposed to tell people's stories. And that's what 
CBS KCAL does. And, and then KCAL at night, because KCAL is um, such a legacy station in Los Angeles, so many people have turned to that three-hour block at night. And right now it's number one in prime time because people just want information from people they trust. And as I tell my team, we're the content creators and we have to, you know, make sure that we're upholding that and we're providing that public service because that's why we have our license, you know, like, I mean, if you think about the bigger picture, that's why CBS has a broadcast license because CBS has such a commitment to helping people and informing people. And that's what we do. It's a public service. Absolutely. And what's interesting to me is when you said that, you know, you carried the press conferences and I'll look at those press conferences and then I'll see maybe something that's being said in, in cable news. Like an example is what came out a couple days ago was the fact that it's highly unlikely that in Los Angeles, we will be seeing sporting into sporting events until 2021. Yeah. But with that, it wasn't shown or expressed that we could still see these events, just not in the stadiums. Yeah. And so to your point about mental health and well-being, when a viewer sees that and it is described as this is not going to be happening until 2021, what does a viewer take away with that? With not all the facts being presented yeah. and it creates fear and yeah it talk to that because depression. you know as a journalist i can look mm-hmm. at that and say well that's not exactly what uh our mayor said yeah and we and and that's so interesting you bring this up because right after he said that we all started managers emailing what does this mean we need to look deeper into this like we got to figure and so part of our storytelling was last night was yes he said this but you know, with a little bit more depth of what this could look like. Sports could be played, but it might not have, you know, um, uh, fans, right, in it. Right. So, you know, yeah, it's it's very important. And I also talked with my team about this, is that when we are telling people, you know, the bad news of how many people have died, how many people have, you know, contracted this. It's also important. And we made from the very beginning, we are telling survivor stories. We're telling people that, you know, I don't know what the actual statistic is, but most people recover from this. Most people who actually get this virus, it's mild. It's, you know, some people, for whatever reason, it attacks. And unfortunately, we've had so much tragedy, but we also report on recovery numbers. We report on how many people have actually been tested versus have it, right? So um, you have to give the perspective and you have to um, also, one of the things we listen to our viewers, we get viewer emails, right? We will pivot if a viewer points out something that perhaps that doesn't, that just scares people. And, you know, I mean, it was something as simple as this. I got two emails asking me to um, change out one of our graphics because the graphic was too scary, right? Okay. And I listened to them because I, I kind of sat there and I, you know, was watching the newscast tonight and I was like, you know what? That viewer was correct. This is like overbearing. So now you'll, you will see 
on our uh, newscast that we have just city landscapes now again behind us. We'll have graphics, but but it's not the entire, um, all our monitors doesn't say coronavirus pandemic, you know? So it's more subtle, you know, but something yeah, no. that, you know, but that was causing people to have anxiety. They felt, I mean, that's what one lady emailed. And so I changed it. And I love that. You're listening. You're flexible. Yeah. You're not saying, no, this is yeah. okay. Change your station. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like it, I, I love that. I don't want to cause people more stress. Right. No you're you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You have a huge responsibility. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to kids and this media mm-hmm. and how you in your own family make sure that your kids aren't seeing the fear mongering, the numbers, the stats without all the stats of recovery. And, you know, to me as a mom, 11 and 12 year old boys, this is huge for me to think about not having the TV on when they're around, not allowing them to just view the news as, you know, as it's going all through the day. I really think that it's important. And so as a mom and as a journalist, what do you say to people out there? Um, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> I'll admit to this, Donna. I don't, I wouldn't say don't let, but I don't like my children to watch the news. I got you. <laughs> and it's not because we are, you know, sensationalizing anything. It's that it's like you said, it's the repetitive, right? And, um, we sit and we talk about this. I do a a check-in with them probably multiple times a day. They're probably too annoyed, but at least one time a day, how are you doing? Is there anything you want to talk about? Just because all my kids are processing this in different ways, you know? Um, and I, we talk about what's going on in the world. Um, but I like them to hear it from me. Um, when I'm in my office here, um, I have this on mute. I have the news on, but it's on mute. And I kind of like, will look to see, you know, what's happening and then I'll unmute it. But I, especially my youngest, I don't want him listening to this over and over. Cause he, he has a tendency more, he calls it the Corona is the Corona going to get me, you know? Oh. Yeah, but you know, and I tell him, no, honey, we just have to wash our hands. And you know, it's pretty amazing that kids are so resilient. And they now, initially, when this all started, I was like, you can't touch things, you can't, you know. And you know, if you you have kids, they touch everything. It's just like humans do too, but adults do too. But um, but now my little one, he knows if he goes outside, first thing he does when he comes back in, he washes his hands, you know? Um, he now wears his little face covering every time we go out in public, you know? Um, he knows that uh, we really don't like him to go grocery shopping with us now. And they're, right. they're really kind of understanding, you know? And then my my oldest, who's um, 12 going on 25, he... <laughs> He, he, he has his own way of processing everything. So, I, I mean, I don't really kind of worry about him. But No, I mean, to your point about kids being scared, I mean, when this first happened, my youngest came home and said, am I going to die of the coronavirus? Yeah. And that's a huge question and not something that you can take lightly. 
and just kind of blow off and say, no, you'll be fine. It's you got to really kind of dig deep into that because they are hearing all this information from various sources and it's, it's, it is difficult for them. And we're trying to process it. So imagine how they must feel trying to process it. Yeah, for sure. And we've made it a point. They, we, we go on family walks. We have, um, two of my kids didn't have bikes that fit them when this started. And my husband went and ordered new bikes. And so they got new bikes, <laughs> but we take family bike rides now. Um, and we make sure that they get out and um, they see other people and they're not afraid to be in public. Right. But it's just taking those precautions and, um, and just kind of trying to figure this out as a family. And, you know, it's pretty, I just want I mean, like, honestly, I think I talked about this just a little earlier, but the biggest blessing is that I'm with them, you know, and I'm making dinner at night. I mean, I said to my husband, it's like 1960s again or something, you know, because <laughs> that has never been our life. And we were always ordering takeout because we were always on the go. We were always separate. One was always at a baseball field or a basketball court and the other was with the other kid, you know? So now we're all together. And, and so we're really enjoying this time too, you know, cause yes. I know once the world writes itself, whenever that is, we're all going to go back to, you know, what was just because we have busy lives, you know? Absolutely. And it is, it is this moment in time that if you can look at it that way, if you are not suffering or lost a job or have, you know, dilemmas in your life that are more challenging, it is a great way to look at this. I wonder, how do you see bringing your news team back to a new normal? You know, I haven't thought too much about that yet, um, but I don't think it will be the same because what we're doing now is working, working from home. Um, so, you know, I'm sure when we get to that point, we're going to take a look at everything. And I'm sure some of my colleagues, um, writers, producers might ask to work some days from home, you know, and how will you feel about that? And will you take advantage of that now knowing that you do have this ability to be with your beautiful boys and husband? Yeah. You know, I can't deny that it doesn't work because it does work right now. I mean, it's not perfect, but, um, you know, I will, we'll have to take a look at everything for sure and be, and I'm open to it for sure. But, you know, it's more than just me wanting to do this. It's, you know, the overall operation, you know, it's just like we work for a corporation and right. we have to take our cues from our leaders who know best for our organization. So, um, I'm sure that, it won't look the same. And in a lot of ways, it might be better, you know? Yeah. So with a little bit of time that we have left, I wanted to ask you about what you're hearing from your photographers, your reporters in the streets, on the streets, doing this job day to day, talking to people. What are they telling you? Um, I admire our field crews so much. I do. And at the, at my heart, that is my love because I was a field producer at one time. So um, I do know, you know, what you and the others, you know, go through. Um, they 
are so courageous. Like they are just, they're just working. It's like some people, it's just like an average day, right? Like there's just been no changes, just who they are, you know? Um, (laughs) Hardcore beat reporters. And then others have more anxiety, you know, anxiety, um, but they're still doing their job, you know? And I've had much more conversations with those who um, have had concerns about, you know, cleanliness and, and, uh, ger- they call themselves germaphobes, you know? And, and it's funny cause I had no idea until this happened, like who really, you know, is just like, Whoa! but, uh, <laughs> but you know, all of them are working. I mean, not one of them is like, I'm not doing it. And I check in, like I check in with the anchors. I check in with the reporters. Um, I always say, message me directly. Just let me know how you were doing. And every single one of them is like, well, I wish we had more wipes, just like the world wants more, you know, disinfectant wipes. Um, But they all are like, I'm good. I'm good. I want to be part of this. This is the biggest story, you know? It's the biggest story. I mean, I remember when we were at uh, KNBC covering brush fires and earthquakes and things like those were those stories. And we wanted to be out there reporting that. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, um, Dave Lopez, who's worked for CBS KCAL, I think he just celebrated his 40-something anniversary. I mean, he's amazing. He, yeah. um, on his Facebook page, every week, he, every Friday, he leaves a message for all his followers. And he puts it out on Twitter, too, and he records it. And I look forward to those because it's, you know, perspective from someone who's truly covered every major story in our region yes. for the last 40 plus years. So, and if you listen to his messages, he is reassuring. He it's everything who, who he is as a, who you think he is as a, a reporter, but it's who he is as a, as a person, as a man, as a dad, as a father, as a husband. Um, but Dave kind of embodies what all our reporters are right now. So any of your listeners go to Dave. <laughs> Dave Lopez from CBS KCAL's Facebook page. Every Friday he has a message. And it just kind of makes me tear up. And I'm just like so proud, you know, because he's just, I mean, he honestly, he just embodies like our reporters' tenacity, their courage during this time, and um, their commitment to really tell this story and bring, you know, facts to our viewing population. So... Is, is there one story that you guys have covered during this time that really stands out to you, whether it's somebody surviving the coronavirus, somebody doing good, somebody just out there helping the community? What have you seen? What has touched you as a mom and as a journalist? You know, every... Every day we're telling one of those stories now. We are. I think just collectively, I just see people from all walks of life coming together to help. And, um, you know, just yesterday we did a story on um, movie prop makers who are out of work right now, but they're building shields for um, emergency intubations. And so we went and did the entire interview and, and shot how they're making these plastic shields and um I mean just like inspiring there I mean of course like heartbreaking Chris Holmstrom did a story of a of a man who lost his um 
longtime girlfriend. And it was just so heartbreaking and just crying. You know, I'm, I was home crying just because, you know, you feel that loss, you know, yeah. and, and you can't, and you can't even say goodbye to your loved one because you're not supposed to be around them. You know, um, there's just been so many stories like that, that, that I can't like one doesn't necessarily stand out, but collectively it's just the good in humanity of people coming forward and, Every day we're privileged to tell someone's story, you know? Yeah. You know, and what's interesting about this is that there's a lot of division between us for different reasons, Mm -hmm. but this is one thing that all of us are experiencing. Yeah. This is one thing that we can all come together on because we have all experienced it. Yeah. And And I agree. I mean, it's, I don't even, that's why I think like when you talk about like some of the the national programs, it's really hard to watch, trying to watch any of the cable news that propagate division right now, you know? And I think that's what's so beautiful and important about local news because we don't do that. And that is why people trust local news, you know? And so what we're doing now is so important and our work is, is matters more than ever right now. And I think that sadly, because of this pandemic, there's, you know, the blessings in it too. Um, and one of the blessings is that um, local news is really um, showing journalism in a very positive light right now, for sure. And, and that fake, I haven't heard that fake news mantra for five weeks, maybe, you know, which has been nice, you know, (laughs) Um, but it's, it's changed. And I think it's changed some people's perception um, and, and remembering that local news is here to help. I love that Tara. And as we leave you, tell me what you really want your viewers to know. That we care. Um, I think that comes across, um, that we truly strive to be accurate. We're not perfect. Um, we do make mistakes, but we admit our mistakes. Um, we're here to serve Southern California and we really appreciate our viewers and we appreciate feedback. And, and, uh, if you email in, you most likely will get an email back from me. I mean, that's how seriously we take it. So, um, and we're so appreciative that people, so many people are tuning into television, both on channel two and channel nine. We have record, you know, number of visits to our website. We have our new OTT platform, CBS NLA, that's on 24 seven, that so many people have discovered because of this crisis. Yeah. Around the world. Um, And then also we just believe it's a privilege to do what we do and we don't take that lightly. So I just remember being in that newsroom with you and I I know you, I know that you want to always get it right and you always care about people. And I'm really honored that I was able to talk to you today. So where can people find you? Um, I am on Twitter um, by my maiden name. It's at Tara Wallace uh, cause that's my verified, <laughs> um, <laughs> E-A-R-A-W-A-L-L-I-S. Um, 
also on Instagram and, um, uh, yeah, word of warning, I post a lot of uh, family pictures on Instagram, though, so that's probably not a good a good source for news, but on Twitter, definitely, so. Well, then- I love I love all your Instagram because it's all <laughs> a lot of baseball stuff that I, I know. <laughs> so not maybe news-wise, but also, you know, CBS Los Angeles and, and follow CBS Los Angeles for local news and information, so. Thank you so much, Tara. Thank now, you. as... A parenting and education journalist and former general assignment reporter, I have always viewed journalists as seekers of truth and knowledge, educators informing the public. I pray for all my colleagues that they stay safe and healthy during this unprecedented and challenging time. We need them to inform us. And I thank them for their work and dedication. Thanks for listening to Kids Under Construction. Please download and subscribe. See you later.